Hello, my name is Michael Finney. Today we have Phil Gerbeshack joining us on the program. Do you want to introduce yourself and give us a little background on what you do? Sure. So, uh, well, I'm Phil Gerbeshack. I live in a city called Winter Garden just outside Orlando, Florida with a wife and two kids and two dogs. And uh, I work with uh, small businesses, uh, financial services professionals, um, insurance folks, so all those folks to really leverage and integrate digital, so social selling, LinkedIn, video, all of that into their existing business, whether it's with marketing or whether it's with uh, their sales process. I kind of combine those two and help make those a lot more sensible and a lot more profitable. Do you want to talk a little bit about your background and how you fell into this line of work? Sure. So in, I don't know, 2005, 2004, LinkedIn was starting to be big. I actually was using a platform called Plaxo that automatically updated all of my contact records when people moved jobs because that was a hard thing. Well, LinkedIn and Twitter and all those came along and bugs came along and I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. And at the time, I thought I was going to be a leadership guy. I uh, I was a VP of IT, did a lot, lot, lot in the leadership space. Well, as it came along, my financial advisors were asking me, dude, how do I use this to grow my business? How do I use this to connect with my customers? How do I use this to earn referrals? So it pivoted into that. And then, you know, I do a lot of speaking, a lot of research, and I sell. I still do sales myself. So I'm out in the field selling, kind of, I guess, knocking on virtual doors, if you will, and trying to uh, build uh, relationships doing that. So I, it's kind of that confluence of tech person meets salesperson meets people who have a need and here we are today yeah very good do you remember this is actually just an aside but do you remember that app called card munch before linkedin of course absolutely yeah it was so fantastic of course it was a great tool yeah it was a great tool absolutely i do probably one of the best networking tools that i remember yeah absolutely yeah it was great yeah i was a big fan do you want to talk a little bit about the current state of media? You're a media person. You're a content creator. You do live streams. What do you think? Well, the current state of media, I think, is still very new on the digital side for many people. Not for everybody. I mean, you know, news sources have picked up and embraced media, uh, the digital side pretty well. But I think for a lot of folks, they're still very hesitant to get on video and to produce their own or they're really hesitant to, you know, produce their own podcast because they think it's difficult. So I think we're, you know, and and Tom Webster talks about this at length. If you're a geek and you want numbers in the infinite dial with Edison Research, he says about what 52, 53% of people only are uh, admit to have li- having listened to a podcast and I would bet less have listened or watched a video for business not not like hey i want to find a how-to video on youtube i think that's pretty much you know 90 percent of people have probably done that at some point or watched a cat video or something like that but i think an educational informative business type video i think that number probably you know less than half so i think there's still a lot of growth opportunity there um i think people also really like to read still online uh maybe not books but short form uh, be they tweets, be they uh, status updates of things, just text or text. Frankly, over the top of video, I think uncaptioned video 
is a lost opportunity for many folks. So I think uh, giving people the opportunity to both watch a video, listen to a video, as well as read a video, I think is super important. And I think will only become more important as time goes by. Yeah, I would agree with a lot of that perspective. Um, you know, the way that we connected initially was with your book, right? Um, Make It Great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 Ways was, to Make It Great. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that was just um, a, an excellent book. It really kind of serves as a blueprint for uh, the project, you know, that we're recording for now. Definitely highly influential in terms of just giving me uh, a roadmap on how to put ideas together, little pieces of blocks of ideas and build them up. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I wrote that in 2006. And it's interesting how as much has changed since 2006, as much is still very much the same. Are we going to see a follow up? Yeah, for sure. So uh, this uh, uh, 2022, I guess we call it or 2022, depending how you say it. Um, Yeah, I I don't know that it's exactly a follow up, but it's more of a a primer for uh, for digital and virtual selling. So that'll be out uh, by the end of quarter one. I'm uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet on the title, which is really weird because you know the the first chapter in, in Ten Ways to Make Great is begin at the end and work towards today. But I think I, I don't know yet if the title is Social Selling Essentials or if it's going to be Virtual Selling Essentials. And I say that because for me personally. I see no difference between virtual and social selling. I think everything is social and everything yeah. is virtual. I mean, uh, but that being said, I, I have to see which one is getting more search volume. Uh, and frankly, maybe I, I do two books and they're very similar, not exactly the same because I would be uh, kind of against Amazon's rules, but very similar where one is virtual and one is, is uh, one is social and see which one wins out. But I think, uh, yeah, that to That was a long answer to your short question of, yes, there will be a sequel. It won't exactly be a sequel, but it'll definitely be the next book. And actually, Michael, that's book six for me. That's awesome. Thanks. So do you convert that stuff into other media formats as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, do, you know, uh, it'll definitely be an audio book. It'll definitely be a Kindle book uh, as well as a physical book. And then I will cut up chapters and turn that into things that I can share on social and little bits and bites. I'm actually uh, going to be experimenting with a tool called Lately.ai, which is a really cool tool uh, to cut up even podcasts or videos into more digestible chunks. Because as much as people are, I think, doing more short form, the key is short form. They want less before they want more. So I'm absolutely going to be doing that uh, with a book and really with everything that I'm doing. You'll see 2022 uh, on my plat- on all my uh, social uh, media outlets be more uh, more bite-sized stuff, and they'll still be the long stuff. Don't be fooled. I love long form. I love 30, 45, 60-minute conversations, but I think it's important to give people a bite-sized chunk so if they only have two or four minutes, they still can get value. Yeah, I agree with you. Let's turn to this project, right? What do you like about the 10-step program in general? Um, as somebody who has seen and, uh, you know, kind of watched the project develop, uh, before it was released. And as I am getting ready to now, um, release the video course that I developed using basically all of the content from the book and then added in some new things, built up some, some other assets to, uh, shore it up and fill in the gaps. 
Well, I think anytime you can do something that is 10 steps, I think it's very approachable. That's the first thing for folks. I, I think people need to be able to be to, to get something, again, that's digestible. I mean, if you had 27 steps, it, it's too much. And if you had just three steps, well, frankly, Michael, that's not very believable. I think it's important that you have you know a series of steps that build on themselves over time. And so your book absolutely does that. And really important to think about things as a step-by-step building process. So whether it's a book or whatever, I think a blueprint is helpful. And when I think about what is the most helpful thing that you've got, I, I would tell you every chapter, excuse me, has a challenge. Every chapter has something you can actually do, not just learn. And I love that. I think that, you know, that uh, to your point, right, that is that's how I wrote my book. And and that's not why I believe that that's a great format. I believe that's a great format because learn and then implement, learn and then take a step, I think is super critical to your success. So the more that you can do that, the better. If I were to say, you know, okay, uh, you know, put me in a spot here, what's the most important thing that anybody does first i'd say they're all important but if you really put me close i'd say you know what chapter four on events is super super important because if you're not building a network if you're not attending events it's a one at a time thing and it's really really hard events are the way to turbocharge any of that networking any of that connection whether they're online or offline linkedin has events now you can see who's available, who signed up and said, yep, I'm attending that event. And then you can network with them, even if they're outside your network. I think that's super powerful. It's way better for me to see 166 people that I have something in common with, which is I attended this event, or 17 people, hey, we attended a course together, or 36 people, hey, we, we went to something together, we did something together, some event, than it is to just go out to the world and have nothing in common. So I think that's super powerful, and I love that you focused on events, Michael. Thank you. Um, like I said, I, I was not uh, blowing smoke when I said I really used your book as a, as a blueprint for what I was doing here. I started writing this before I started doing my other book projects. So it was like something that I had on the back burner, and then I realized that I wanted to be able to utilize some of my own internal examples to point at and, uh, you know, finally had those things in place and was able to release this, but, you know, it's been sitting on a, on a Dropbox paper file for, I don't know, three, four years probably now as it's developed and then, um, you know, getting proofread and, um, getting some beta readers, getting some beta viewers on the video course and stuff now. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I, I appreciate everything you're saying. So Absolutely. what do you think the future holds? in terms of well, I think, yourself, media, anything? Ooh. So, so I was going to start with media, and then I'll, I guess I'll talk to me, because they really are, are together. I think for, for media, I think we're going to see more micro-networks. The Facebooks of the world are no longer going to rule. Now, there'll still be a place for that. There'll still be a place where you get half a billion people together. Absolutely. But I think the juice and Facebook meta, whatever you want to call them, I think would agree with this. LinkedIn would agree with this. Twitter is seeing the same thing. Uh, Instagram now allows a lot of this. And that is these micro networks, these smaller groups of people 
let's maybe even call them events, if you will, Michael, sure. of events that are that are regularly scheduled or impromptu scheduled, like a Twitter chat, like Twitter spaces, like the fact that on Instagram I can create groups of people that I share things with, like a Facebook group, like a LinkedIn group, like a Discord server with a channel on that, you know, Facebook's workplace app, um, you know, any of those <clears throat> They're smaller chunks of a bigger whole. And I think that is going to be the future. And when I think about that for me and how that plays into me, well, you know, part of that is I need to do a better job of chunking up my content so that depending on where you are along your process could be where you plug in with me and my network and the smart people in my circle. So I think we're going to see, you know, both myself as well as the the media we're going to see that that's in more smaller chunks. We're going to see more events, whether they're impromptu or regularly scheduled, that people are going to take part in. And we'll find that affinity. You know, Chris Brogan and Julian Smith talked about this in Trust Agents years ago. Your goal is to get as many small circles as you can together of things that you have in common with people. And I think that's going to be super even more important. I think Chris and Julian were ahead of their time when they mentioned that in trust agents. But now, especially as people are trusting less and less the, the Facebook as a whole, or they're believing it less and less, or they're polarized more and more, I think that's that's going to be even more important that we have those, those smaller groups because we still want to talk, right? Like we still want to connect and we still want to find those things in common. I think we just may not want to do them with the entire world. We want to do it with smaller groups of people that we know, like, and trust. I agree with that. Um, as a, as an aside on this too, so have you been using Twitter Spaces or Clubhouse at all? I've used Clubhouse some. I've been on a few shows. <clears throat> I haven't really participated as much as I've uh, as I could, uh, primarily because until they actually let us record and replay those, it make it made Clubhouse not really a place that I want to be. I think the record and repurpose is super important. Now, I understand the impermanence of it, but I don't have time to produce content that's not going to live on and is not going to get sliced yeah. up and that nobody's going to hear. So that's where that's where my uh, challenge has always been. So I would say that I'm pretty sure they are doing um, replay and stuff like that now. So you might... They are now. Yeah, yeah you might take a look now. at yeah. that. And I feel like those, uh, kind of like what is social audio right now, is um, probably a fantastic platform for you in general. Thanks. Yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, in the new year, I'm, so I'm spending the last couple of weeks of the year really heads down looking at, uh, you know, what, what do I want to be when I grow up? Where do I want to be? You know, you ask me about the future. I know kind of what it looks like, but you know, frankly, I don't know exactly what it looks like. And I want to paint in some more of the numbers around some of the stuff that I've seen and figure out exactly where I go in the future. Sounds great. Well, thank you for joining me. That's everything I have today. If there's anything that you want to say or any statements that you think are important to to add here, this is the, the chance to do that. Well, I would say, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I'd like to learn more from Phil or from smart people who like Michael, I would encourage you, search out GerbyCast, G-E-R-B-Y-C-A-S-T-S, GerbyCast. That's my podcast. It comes out. Uh, once a week on the audio, or you can find I go live on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and on YouTube a couple times a week with smart folks. And 
you know, just take part in that. And if you attend live, the great part is you can still ask questions. I do my best to answer all the questions that people ask uh, during the conversations that I have with smart folks. And uh, if not, then I make sure that I cover those off after uh, the event. So search for Gerbycast and you'll find it. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining me and I appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.